This is episode 28 of the Magic Detective Podcast. On this episode, I talk about the life of Mercedes Talma, the Queen of Coins. That and more on the Magic Detective Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Magic Detective Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective, and this is episode 28. Uh, So sorry for my recent absence. Um, I came down with a summer cold. Can you believe it? It's been a long time since I've had a cold in the summertime, and it sucks. And almost lost my voice. In fact, you could probably tell there's still a little bit of odd sound uh, to my voice right now, but... But I'm basically back and ready to tackle more magic history. Really quick before we get into things, on August 17th, Potter and Potter Auctions will be holding their summer magic auction. It begins at 10 a.m. on August 17th. This is an online-only auction, so there's no catalog. Uh, but you can go to the site and see all the items that are being offered. So I encourage you to do that. And while you're at it, why don't you go check out quickerthantheye.com, which is the retail site for Potter Auctions. And there's a huge collection of magic history books and props and ephemera. And lots of cool things for sale over there, so go check that out. And now, to today's feature. Houdini said, Talma is without a doubt the greatest sleight-of-hand performer who ever lived. Who was Talma? And what was her claim to fame? My subject today is Mary Ann Ford. She was born in London, England in 1868 and was professionally known as Mercedes Talma. She joined the Survey Leroy troupe in around 1886, and she would first become a box jumper for the show, uh, presenting illusions such as the Three Graces, which we know today as things that go bump in the night, and the Flying Visit, which was a wonderful transposition illusion. In the year 1890, Miss Ford would marry Survey Leroy. In 1899, Survey Leroy became part of a troupe called the Triple Alliance and shared the bill with Frederick Eugene Powell and Imro Fox. His wife, however, was busy with her own career. Apparently, she had always been fond of her husband's sleight of hand skills, and she actually asked him if he would teach her. And he created an act for her using coins and a coin ladder. And after months and months of hard work and rehearsal, she was actually able to debut her new coin act. Incidentally, she made her debut only a few months after Tommy Downs, the King of Coins, had debuted his act in London in 1899. Talma, who was now known as the Queen of Coins, would first appear at the Oxford Theatre of Varieties on August 28, 1899, in London. According to the Illustrated History of Magic by Milbourne Christopher, she presented her act throughout England, France, as well as Germany. Mercedes Talma boasted that she could palm 30 coins in her bare hands, and what made this feat even more amazing, she wore a size 5.5 glove, so her hands were really, really small. Now, there's no footage of Talma's act 
uh, at least that I'm aware of. But I do have a description compiled from several different sources. First, she presented her act in front of a backdrop of, uh, it was a red plush velvet curtain. Uh, She herself wore a black dress with a long red rose. This is the description I keep reading. And I don't know if this was a rose design that was part of the dress or if she actually had a, a rose attached to the dress. Not sure. At any rate, according to the book Survey Leroy, Monarch of Magic by William Rauscher and Mike Caveney, she gracefully danced about, plucking coins from the air and letting them cascade down the large glass panels of her crystal coin ladder. From the New York Journal newspaper, we find this addition to her act. She tosses up a few coins, catches them, and then tosses again and again until a perfect shower of gold and silver pieces appear in the air. And I believe what she's doing here is she's she's tossing up several coins uh, straight up and they come down, but each time, uh, each one of the consecutive tosses, she's adding more coins. So they look like they're multiplying in her hands. And it, I can actually picture this being quite a beautiful display of uh of coins in the air, especially if she's doing one in one hand or, you know, a group in one hand and a group in another hand. Uh, We also find out from this article that the length of her act was 15 minutes. Now, earlier I mentioned that Talma boasted she could palm 30 coins in her bare hands. And this wasn't just information that magicians were privy to. Actually, in truth, uh, this was part of the promotion of the act. Apparently, at the turn of the century, the whole idea of palming objects was a huge part of promoting performances. Many artists even had posters and photos of themselves holding huge amount of coins or cards or other objects in the most uncomfortable looking palming positions. And I believe this was basically to emphasize to the audience the skill level required to perform these various feats. Now, whether or not the artist actually used all of these methods is debatable, but it made for good press. Here's an interesting review of her act from the San Francisco Chronicle, December 7th, 1914. It has the headline, Clever Palm Artist. Mademoiselle Talma is a superior manipulator of coins, one of the best palm artists that has ever been. The way she makes money disappear is almost sinful at times. Get that, they call her a palm artist. That's really cool. Now, Talma debuted her act right on the heels of Tommy Downs' big debut in London. And to hear more about Downs, please listen to episode 23 of the podcast. They do a whole thing on Tommy Downs. But I'd like to share with you now Downs' opinion of Talma's act, which can be found in the book Modern Coin Manipulation. It says, Next in order of imitators came a lady who opened at one of the London music halls, and in justice to her, I must say she was far and away in front of any of the others, the others being some 387 coin kings who tried to duplicate his act. So Downs actually thought she did a really good version of the miser's dream in her show. Surprisingly, the Queen of Coins act was not Mercedes Talma's 
only act. In 1902, she began presenting an act called The Legend of the Silkworm. And this was basically an all-silk magic act, making silk handkerchiefs appear, change color, multiply. The conclusion of the act featured a, a large tambourine, which was first showed empty, and then large quantities of U.S. flags, British flags, flags of all nations were produced from the tambourine. And if that wasn't enough, then birds and ducks and roosters and all manner of animals were produced from the flags. At the end of the performance, the stage was covered in fabric and farmyard animals. The legend of the Silkworm Act was previously presented by Surveilly Roy, who purchased the act from an American magician named Mr. Thompson, who claimed to be the handkerchief king. Leroy purchased the rights to perform the act in Europe. He also added to the act. His addition was this oversized tambourine that completed the, uh, the conclusion of the, the, the act. Besides being a featured act of her own, Talma also became part of the show known as Leroy, Talma, and Bosco, the Monarchs of Magic. This was Survey Leroy's version of the three-person show similar to the Triple Alliance that he had been involved in years before. In fact, the show was actually referred to as the Triple Alliance in some of the magic periodicals when the show was first getting off the ground. Talma is not given some sort of reduced billing in the show. Rather, her name is there with the other two, equal billing. Talma added beauty and grace to the show, while Leroy was the mysterious part of the show, and Bosco the comic relief. And despite there being three performers, Talma may have had the tougher job, as she not only presented her own act, or acts in some cases, uh, but she was also the chief assistant in several of the illusions, like the Azra, the Three Graces, Stolen Jam, the Materializing Easel, and even the Sawing a Woman in Half illusion, which was new for the time. She also interacted with both Leroy and Bosco at times. One of the bits of business that is mentioned several times in Magic periodicals uh, is Talma using a fan uh, to cool herself and then handing it to Bosco, who then attempts to use it to fan himself, but it breaks apart. He hands it back to her, and she again fans herself and steps off the stage. So it's a breakaway fan. Uh, I imagine it was probably a, a new prop back then. I've also noticed by going through quite a few newspaper notices for Leroy Talma and Bosco that her photo is featured 95% of the time. And there are a number of photos that are quite provocative. And in fact, I believe this was uh, uh, one of these in particular was a jeweled costume that she wore during the Nero Lion's Bride routine. And you can see a couple of these images over at my blog, themagicdetective.com. I think I put one of those, uh, but I put several other really cool promotional photos of Talma up there as well. In October of 1930, a freak accident happened, which put an end to her performing career. However, the accident in this case happened to her husband, not her. He was hit by a car, and it took a very long time for him to recover. Uh, in fact, it just basically put them in retirement. But later, in 1940, Survey Leroy was coaxed out of retirement. But Mary Ford, a.k.a. Mercedes Talma, she knew her time had passed. So she was unable, maybe even unwilling, to be part of the show. And the show in question, with Leroy 
and a crew of new assistants is covered at length in podcast number four. And if you've never heard that, I really encourage you to listen to it. It is a, it's, it's, in some ways, it's very hard to hear because this is an iconic performer in magic. And what happens to him is just heart wrenching. But, um, but it's part of magic history, so I covered it over there. On July 13th, 1944, Mercedes Talma, the Queen of Coins, passed away at the age of 76. She was a pioneer in the world of manipulation magic and truly an amazing performer and a dedicated wife to Survey Lee Roy. And that, my friends, is episode 28 of the Magic Detective podcast, another short one. Uh, but I've been getting a lot of feedback. There are quite a few people that enjoy the shorter uh, podcasts, so that's cool. Uh, they're a little easier for me to produce, I will say. Um, if you like the podcast, if you would like the podcast, depending upon what your platform is that you're listening to, there's sometimes there's a little heart that you can click, or sometimes there's a place where you can leave a comment. I'd appreciate if you would do that. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, if you can give me a, a five-star review, that would be excellent. Uh, the more five-star reviews we get over there, the more people get to see uh, the podcast as far as it, it, there's more exposure over there. And uh, that's one of the biggest podcast platforms. So I'd like to get as much exposure as possible on the uh, iTunes podcast platform. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. And I will be back next week with another podcast, podcast episode 29. Until then, have a great week. We'll see you soon.